Hello everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast. My name is Lauren. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. Thank you to everybody that has been tuning in recently. We've noticed that we've been getting a few, a few people come and check us out, which has been really, really, really cool. You can also now watch us on YouTube, which is Hawkins Do You Copy on YouTube, but we'll have all the links everywhere. And also on our Twitter and Instagram and also Facebook, which is at Hawkins Podcast, where we're going to be posting little teasers of upcoming episodes, which we've got a really exciting one for next week's episode all planned, which we're really looking forward to. We're excited uh, already. We're very excited already. And there'll be a little teaser for next week's on our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook which will be really really good um, and also on there there'll be lots of ways where you guys can get involved with the podcast and any questions that we might have or ways to contribute which yeah, will be as very usual, exciting. You can listen on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher we are now on and we are yes. now on Tuned In I believe as well yes. so you've got many different ways to listen and hear strange things in your ears as much <laughs> as you like <laughs> and it really really helps us out if you subscribe and follow us on those platforms even if say you've got Apple Podcasts and Spotify but you prefer Spotify what's the harm in giving us a cheeky follow on both you know there's we're no, not gonna complain <laughs> there's no harm in that so go and check out all those different platforms and give us a listen if you like stranger things okay so for this week and from this week on we're going to introduce another little new concept which is going to be a question of the week which is a fun thing for us fun thing for you and more ways to get involved so this week's question of the week is going to be, if you could have any powers, what would you have? What would you have, Lauren? <laughs> I, my, like, my brain, as a child, I always wanted like to be able to read minds, but now that terrifies me because you know exactly what people are thinking. And I think sometimes I just don't want to know what people are thinking. Um, so I think invisibility is like the pretty cool one i, mean, I was be... thinking yeah i was thinking invisibility i've just always liked yeah. the idea of not that would ever do but you know like the idea that you can play little jokes and just be like oh what's this going on and just yeah, yeah. but i it would just be get good. the mind reading one as well or move yeah. i've always wanted to move things oh yeah it's like Matilda. when i was younger kind of just sitting there being like move 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 <laughs> even though i know it would do nothing that but. scene in matilda the um do, 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 yes exactly where she's like moving way. the things around i just wanted to be able to do that sometimes i look at something and i'm like if i concentrate enough i will move this thing yeah. and like obviously no. not uh but I think invisibility would be very handy. I mean, like, you just would never be bothered. You could just go invisible, go chill, do what you wanted, and, it's, you know, you're fine. Yeah. I like that concept. Yeah. So let us know what yours would be. But should we get on with the podcast? Yes. So the reason why this week's question of the week is what power would you have is because... This week's podcast is on the numbers. So the Hawkins lab test subjects, the people that were in the lab. And there are some that we know, 
some that we only know if we've read the additional content and the comic books and the other stuff. Um, but basically, just a little overview, as I'm sure you guys know, they are the test subjects. It's very impersonal, like Brenner sort of, and the people in the lab have taken any form of their identity away from them by just numbering them their names are gone um who they are is gone were they who they were before they, they are literally just given this number which is really quite dehumanizing really just to mm. subject someone to something so clinical really like they're still human beings and their identity has been taken away from them which mm. just shows that Brenner doesn't see them as people. He sees Their them things, as something, essentially, yeah, something that he can use to to get what he wants. Um, which, yeah, which is um, not great. <laughs> He's not, not really. a nice man. No. Um, so obviously, we we see sort of with Eleven, like she doesn't even know her real name. She she does she doesn't know who she is. Mm. Um, so. The numbers are sort of a very impersonal, like, yeah. Yeah. So, should we start at the beginning, I guess? It's a very good place to start. Start right at the beginning. So, we have, well, arguably, we have number one. Yes. Which we have touched on a little bit before. I think it might have been... The first one we did, actually. The yes. first or second podcast, yes. we would have touched on this a bit. So, um, so canonically, we only really know Elle and Callie. But yes. if we look outside of that, um, there's obviously the comic book series, which we will talk about a bit more in a second anyway. Um, what's interesting, and obviously repeating ourselves from the first episode, is that number one is one that is not allowed to be touched no. at all so when they have been working on all the bonus contents obviously there are a couple of novels now there are a few comic book series um there was even things like secret cinema where there were some content that was touched upon. but we're not going to go into that here but it was something that was brought up mm. um number one was not allowed to be used so anyone involved with any bonus content said they were told you can use this 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 and this but you're not allowed to use number one so yeah. no one aside from matt and ross duffer no number one no well they which is have... very interesting yeah that was a really nice tie in there well done with that no one <laughs> no one <laughs> um so yeah that's because obviously if we look into theories and stuff there are some theories as to who it could be. I personally really like the idea that it could be. This is once again revealing myself as Paul Byers fan here. Not but, even ten minutes in. No, we we, we already. <laughs> but I really like the idea that somehow he's number one. I don't know how they yeah. would do it, but I really like. I just really like that concept because I think there's so yeah. many things about him um, that don't quite line up. And things have happened to him and are continuing to happen to him that we can't quite explain. Yeah, so that is that is actually quite a big theory. There's a lot 
riding on the possibility that he is a number and he is involved somehow. Mm-hmm. There is also the theory that the Demogorgon was number one and was a person mm-hmm. that evolved into a Demogorgon and was number one and something happened somehow, which does then tie into why Brennan might want to make contact with the Demogorgon because it was a person that he yeah. wants back. Um the one thing that I find really interesting, if I remember rightly from Suspicious Minds, is that Terry and the people that were involved, they didn't stay in the lab. They went in like for certain days and then would be allowed to leave. Hmm. They weren't numbered. No, they weren't actually, were they? It's only the people that are in the lab that stay in the lab. So it's sort of like if you have these powers, you're expected to be in the lab forever technically but if you're coming in to have these tests done but you don't immediately show those powers and it's sort of trying to make you develop them Mm. you're not numbered no which is very interesting so Um, that suggests that one is either something that has previous exists because i think callie is known as eight at that point isn't she yeah, she is. Yeah, Callie is known as eight from the get-go. Yeah, so number one is either already there and has been a thing that happened, um, or I guess Brenner's really bad at numbers. <laughs> <laughs> he just forgot. He just forgot one. But there's also the concept that one is Brenner. That is a theory. I don't think it's as fleshed out as the Will or Demogorgon theory, but that has been that has been touched upon. Um, and is there also a theory that it could be Sarah? Was that a theory that I, I think I've seen little bits on it because, but I think that Sarah Hopper, a, yeah, that stemmed a lot from I think though that I think it was around the end of season two when they used the same shot um, as the hospital was in the lab, and I think people took um, that theory from that, right? Well, I yeah. think. I think that Watch does have a lot to do with budget, not yeah. uh, <laughs> actual... Watch her be revealed to be like the ultimate <laughs> evil at the end of season four or five. Sarah Hopper. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like that is something that they should leave alone. Um, mm. But yeah, so there are there are, is a debate who is number one. I think the Duffer Brothers made the debate worse when everyone found out that number one was off limits. Yeah. That was what sort of made everyone be like, but who is it? I mean, it Uh, certainly made me go like that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the numbers that we do know, Hmm. we have, and we will talk about these, we have number three, Mm -hmm. number six, number eight, number nine, and Mm 9.5, and 11. So That's all we know. Yeah. We should say as well, though, um, if you haven't read the comics, um, all the numbers apart from, obviously, 8 and 11 do come from that universe. So mm-hmm. is it canon? Is it not canon? Because some things don't quite line up. So, yes. yeah, we're going to treat it for the sake of this, I think, as it's canon content. Yes. <laughs> because... Otherwise, there's only so much you can talk about Callie. <laughs> Literally just 11 and Callie. Yeah. But also, I think 
if it wasn't canon, there's a lot of information that would be wrong. Yeah. Like, if they then make this in the show and then suddenly it's entirely different, it would be very weird. Hmm. Yeah. So I want to say that we can probably assume that even if they're not mentioned, this is something which is, you know, but it's not officially yeah. confirmed as of yet. We if will, this is canon content. Yeah. We will go with that, though. That, yeah. So, um, obviously, we've already spoken extensively <laughs> about Elle. Um, that, so, we will only talk very, very briefly about her. Yes. Um, you can listen to our other podcast about her, which is episode 11. I was really proud of that title. Uh, <laughs> um so listen to that one and you can hear more about us talk about her. Um, but um, what we do know about her, just very briefly, is that Brenna obviously wanted her before she was even born. He could see the potential of her within Terry, which is a very weird thing <laughs> to say. Very, yeah. Um, yeah. And we were talking yesterday about how her powers, they're continuously evolving until yeah. they are tragically taken away at the end of season three but there's yeah. there's that build with them yeah and she can she can she's learning how to control them as well i think which you know she can feel that change because when she says like oh i can do this i can do this she knows how far she can push herself mm-hmm. so i think she's learning what her powers can do um, but she has been in the lab since she was born she doesn't. She didn't know anything else. She's actually one of the only ones that we see, uh, you know, with Callie and then also the comic book numbers who don't. She's like the only one that doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know any of her life before. She doesn't know what her real name is. And Brenna is Papa. And even though he tries that tactic on Callie and tries to sort of manipulate her the way he has done Elle. She does. Callie doesn't call him Papa. Elle is the only one that calls him Papa, which is really, really interesting and I think says a lot about her powers because he wants her there always. He he actually lets some numbers escape because he's trying to stop Elle from being taken away from him. And I just don't think we've actually reached this, the scope of what her powers can do yet. No, because I mean, if, if we think about it, we know that she can obviously close the gate and open it. But looking ahead to say, I'm going to talk presuming that season five is going to be the last one. So if it ends up being season six and you're watching this years down the line, then <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it actually has just been announced that there's going to be that season four is not the end that's actually an exciting piece of news i didn't think it would be but that has just been officially said by uh ross stuffer i think yeah. has, has come out and so. said yeah there'll be more which is yeah. exciting okay so yeah for so presuming season five is the last one we still need to have that moment because at the moment if you look at like, the pattern it's always been the gate's opened and then it's closed and we just read a demogorgon but then it's open again and it's closed again. We haven't had that moment of let's finish it for real. And yeah. in my mind, I'm not going to bring him up again because we can't have it twice within two minutes. But you know what I mean? It could only be two routes yeah. that it can go down. And I think and one is either someone has to meet a tragic end 
because there is clearly some link there or there has to be a big I need to get rid of it moment. What if Elle's powers have been transferred to Will and then in season four we see Will suddenly realising that he has powers and he's like, oh my god, what do I do? I feel like you're bringing this up to hurt me because it's everything you want. But anyway, Will is not a number, maybe. Will is not a number, maybe. Maybe not, maybe he is, who knows. So, we know about Elle. Uh, We know a lot about Elle and also not a lot about Elle. But we also know Callie, who is number eight. And Callie hates Brenner, which I think is really important to think about because Elle, he is Papa to Elle and Elle doesn't like him, but he is Papa and was Papa for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And that's a very interesting and different dynamic between Callie and Elle. Um, So Callie was born in 1964 which makes her about 20 at the um, in season two mm-hmm. of Stranger Things. And she was in the rainbow room with Elle, but she was not in the lab from birth. She actually was taken from her family in London, which we don't know in which circumstances she was taken. We don't know if she, someone was watching her and she showed the signs, but then why would they be watching a random family in London? Mm-hmm. Were her parents involved in some experiments somehow? This is England, which, from what we know, MKUltra didn't exist here. It could have done, and it's just not been announced, but we don't know. So there's, it's very interesting that she was taken from London because of what was happening there and who was involved there for her, for them to be aware that she had these powers from a very young age. Hmm. That's... That's really interesting. Uh, so the powers we know she has, um, it's the ability to essentially make people see things that aren't yeah. really there. I think I've got the... Well, yeah, it is literally illusion casting, according to the old favourite Stranger be, Things wiki. <laughs> that would be a pretty cool power to have, actually. Well, that would be. I should have said that earlier. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we see this a few times um, within the season so we see her create like a butterfly um which is a simpler version but then we also see her creating these massive tower blocks um which is making the police crash into one another um so we see a real stark is that that is the word i mean yeah Yeah, there is yeah and then we yeah we can also see that she also creates an image of brenner as well so they extend that far as well to the point where he's talking like her, him, where she's, I will go with it. So we can also see that she's created this image of Brenner um, in front of her as well, but to the point where he's talking like him and saying things that he would say. And so I think we said this before when we were talking about Elle as well, actually, in episode 11, um, that it's interesting then that you wouldn't keep that around. Because in my mind, that would yes. be a useful tool to have. <laughs> yes, especially when you think that they're spying on uh, the Russians and there's sort of like the Cold War going on and, and, you know, they're sort of 
wanting that. So it's interesting that I, I think Callie is aware that at some point someone could come after her, mm. but it's not her immediate concern. No, I mean, she's whereas working with, out everyone, essentially, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> so. Whereas with Elle, that is the concern. They don't want someone to come for her. There's that sort of protectiveness of there's too many people, you can't go here, you can't do this, um, which is which is interesting. The thing that's also interesting with Callie is that Elle gets a nosebleed even if she does something small, hmm. whereas Callie, when she makes the butterfly, doesn't give her a nosebleed. But the bigger the thing she creates, the more strain it seems to cause, and then she will have that bleed. So I don't know if it's because she's older and has more control over her powers. Does it suggest that the better you get with them, the less strain it puts on your body? Yeah, but then I, if I re- this also could be an oversight. But I remember in the first episode, I think of season one, it's either yeah. episode one or two, when she's sitting in Benny's, and she stops the fan. She doesn't get a yes. nosebleed then, but I she think doesn't. That is after right. that, yeah, it seems to be more and more. It's those little things again that are setting yeah. it off. So yeah, and we still don't know about what the nosebleed is. We know all the numbers get them. Yeah, but is it why? Is it the brain? Like, is it literally bleeding from the brain? Is it just a standard nosebleed? Like, what is it? That's something which I think we sort of think, okay, yeah, they get nosebleeds, Al gets nosebleeds. But we don't know what they're, what it's doing. We don't actually know the damage that these powers are doing to these, to these people. No. What's also interesting to look at with Callie, and this is the point I think I said to you a couple of days ago as well, um, that Callie is almost... I don't want to say L gone rogue, but like that alternative path. Yeah, that alternative path yeah. for her. And it would be so easy for L to make that choice because she's giving it. She's given it essentially. Yeah, yeah. When, when Callie is saying to her, Jane, come with us, um, that would have been the path essentially she would follow. And I don't want to say that she seems to enjoy that, but she doesn't seem to take. It, she doesn't seem to be a against necessarily what Callie is doing no I think Elle is a really complex character because I think because Hopper wants to protect her and Mike wants to protect her and there's a lot of keeping her safe and keeping her sort of not locked up but somewhere where people can't get to her there's a lot of Elle Elle is young and needs to be protected which are two true things Hmm. but we also I think forget that she has these powers and she very much can fend for herself in some situations and I think Hmm. given the opportunity and if she didn't have those people around her I think she could go down the road that Kelly did she she knows what's right and what's wrong and she knows that what happened to her is wrong Hmm. and I don't think she I think if she had to fight Brenner at this point I think it would be really upsetting for her but I think she would do it hmm. yeah because I mean when Callie uh illusion costs I guess we could say that image but you can see how that's really affecting Ellen I think yeah I mean well, he's, he's he was her captor am I wrong you think that Millie Bobby Brown didn't quite know that was going to happen that scene or there was something yes there was something was about it that that took her off guard I think yeah hmm. but even regardless of whether she knew the actor was going to turn up or not it's still that idea of it's not so much love but in a, in a sense that obviously Hopper was a father figure through season two 
but apart from him he's been the only dad she knows which is actually really quite upsetting for her as a character yeah because she never really understood anything different from that and then she gets shown different and she gets shown okay we'll actually look after you and you don't have to do this and this was wrong and then she learns the concept of okay what happened to her in the lab was wrong but that was still her parent for Mm. the first 11 years of her life yeah and she's a child and that's her parent exactly it's it's almost like Rapunzel and like I look at it that with like Rapunzel and Mother Gothel like she that was her parent for a really long time even though she was held captive and she knows it was not good it's that similar sort of thing of she never knew any different mm. and that was what Elle, Elle didn't know any different until she did at which point it's then really hard to deal with mm. yeah. yeah so it is hard whereas Callie remembers a life before Brenna Hmm. so she can hate him a bit more she was five so she can hate him a bit more (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. there was a really interesting point actually also on the stranger things wiki that said that when she does that um illusion casting thing um with l that i think said about is she kind of using the same techniques that brenna almost used on her so even though she really and we're talking about callie obviously she really does not like him at all there's still that there's still that bond in a sense and she's almost becoming just like papa yeah it's manipulative yeah. isn't it she does that to try and get Elle to stay and for mm. sort of her own gain which i think callie is sort of you say about there's roots you can go down after i think callie is sort of gone so far down this one mm. bit where she's thinking okay i'm gonna hunt all these people down whereas Elle when she finds out that he's got kids Mm. stops because she doesn't want to take a parent away from children because that's happened to her and it's it's a really interesting it's a really interesting dynamic because they can go through something so similar but because the circumstances were just slightly different Mm. them afterwards is different She's almost like an anti-hero. I think that's the term you could use. Like the anti-hero yeah. kind of thing. That she's doing all these things because she thinks it's good. But by being good, she's becoming the people that she's trying to stop. Yeah. And I mean, I think that she is right in wanting to stop the people that literally held children captive and experimented yeah. on them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, but I think... It's a it's a really hard line because it's like you have to be better than the bad guys. Yeah. It is that sort of thing of how far can you go to bring justice to the people that have done wrong until it becomes you actually then doing something wrong. Exactly. It's the... Callie is, a, is it, it's an interesting discussion because obviously, I think even watching it, you there there was a part of me watching it and I'm thinking like, go on, because mm. you kept children captive. Yeah, you know, like I hate Brenner with a passion. If he is still alive, I want Hopper to punch him. I need a scene of Hopper punching Brenner. Um, 
I need it. Like, and I'm not a violent person at all. I do not condone violence in the slightest. Um, and I need Elle having that moment where she can say to him, like, you don't get to do this anymore. Well, it's cathartic, um, isn't it? That it is, yeah. That would give the audience what they want in a way. Well, what they think they want. And I yeah. think that's what's interesting about what you said there in a way, though, that there's part of you going, go and do it. Because yeah. it's kind of like the idea of that's what you think you want. But really we want what Elle did away being like yeah no I'm not doing that exactly because then you're like yeah when Elle makes that decision and you realize he's got kids and you think this is not the right way to do this you can't take a parent away from children like this that there has to be you know like I mean the justice system is very flawed but there's there there is a justice system and it, it, it needs to be handled in a slightly better way and it's it's such an interesting debate and discussion to have when it comes to Kelly and Elle and, and the past that they've taken after the lab because that's traumatic it's traumatic for anyone and you're gonna behave in in certain ways afterwards of course you are but it's that difference with Elle was really lucky in which she was given a family hmm. whereas Kelly was on her own for a long time and it yeah it's it's a really interesting debate really between yeah. them and they are literally opposites i suppose in a way that yeah callie obviously had it taken away from her and yeah. i suppose according to her parents then she would i guess she'd be presumed dead something like that so she knew she wouldn't be able to get back to that whereas yeah. l where she hasn't known anything different she's allowed to find that family yeah. and so it's always going to be easier for her to have I mean, they're like two sides of the same coin, really, aren't they? Yeah, because so. she, Callie, sort of tries to say, like, "Are you going to go back to your policeman?" He mm. doesn't. He doesn't care. When actually, that he really does. He really, really does. Mm. Um, but that's something which is like foreign to her because I think to her, authority figures are going to hurt her, mm. which is understandable to think so because oh yeah, I mean that's all they've ever done. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, an, it's a really interesting debate. Um, and it actually ties in because the characters in the comics have a very interesting relationship with Brenner. A lot of them have very different but very similar relationships. And I think theirs are quite similar to Callie's relationship. I would say that, yeah. If so, yeah. the comics we're talking about are the six comics. There is a sequel out, which, full disclosure, we have not read, but we've done as much research on it as we can. I think it's Into the Into Fire. The fire. Into, Into the, the fire. fire. And it's based on 9.5 and 3, who we will talk about, but Callie also does feature within that as yes. well. But let's start with 6, I guess. That's the name of the comic. She's the, she's the main gal. Yeah, so Six, um, uh, like Callie, she has a name that she knows, so it's Francine. Um, her power, interestingly, is precognition, which yes. is another one that's interesting to look at when, as we were saying, that she was essentially not given the opportunity to get free, but there wasn't any real, you need to be kept here. No. No. No, so she actually lived with her family until like high school age. Hmm. She 
she was with her mum and dad and she like literally like went to prom like normal like she was out of the lab for she she didn't know it she grew up with her mum and dad but her mum and dad knew she had this power and her dad was actually a very manipulative and not very nice man and used her power to get her to tell him the lottery numbers and to predict certain things so they can make some money and when she was younger if she got it slightly wrong or was num- one number off her dad got very angry and was not very nice um and it actually she was then suggested by someone that she knew who we'll go into in a minute that there was a place for people like her and a place to help people like her which was the lab mm. um so for her she actually had this power before she was born wasn't any testing on any parents she was born with it she's had it since she was little which Mm. is really interesting because we assume that Elle's powers are because Terry was tested on when she was pregnant but that's not the case for Francine and you'd presume then also the case for Callie I guess Mm. in a way yeah because yeah um so she has a well a history, you could say, with one of the other characters. So that's Ricky. Yes. Um, I believe they were neighbours or they were neighbours. Yeah, they were neighbours. And he is number three. Uh, There is an interesting theory about him. Yes, I'm here for this theory. Yeah. If we tie into his power first, so according to Strange Things Wiki, because we had... A lot of issues trying to figure out what it was in the comics. I was flicking story. through this comic trying to pick out... I've read these comics. Like, I was just trying to pick out this information. Um, but the wiki is a very quick place to jump onto. So. The best friend. Thank you, Stranger Things Wiki. Yeah. Um, so his power is apparently emotional manipulation. And Sounds like someone we know. Yes. So there is a theory um, that he is Brenner's biological son yes so Um, he's been a part of the lab like forever and his mum has Brenner as a very easy contact Mm -hmm. to get hold of and it's actually Ricky that's the one that says to Francine there's a place for people like us there's a place for people like you that can that can do these things you know I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with Dr Brenner hmm. so and I think especially when we look at the emotional manipulation thing and what we were talking about with Ooh. Callie and how she very much used the technique if if this ever comes to light in some way that he was that would be very interesting but I think that's also I could be wrong. I think it's somewhat debunked in Suspicious Minds. Uh, yes, I think it is. But Suspicious Minds was the first one. Exactly. So, so there's added info since. Yeah, it could be a case of an oversight or it's like it's a correction down the line or I mean, yeah. take it as you will. That is a theory that is out there. And... Also, in the comics, if you look at the picture of his mum, she looks like the uh, Hawkins Lab employee that runs around in season one trying to get 
cold of L. Like the illustration looks just like her. So if it's not Brenna that's his dad, it could be her that's, that's his, his mum. So which also makes sense and if they're close associates, that it's gonna be pretty easy to call up. Once again that it could be a thing where they thought, hmm, that looks like a mum. We'll use her face. <laughs> it could be it could be one of those moments. But it could be, it could be. We also I don't think Ricky tells Francine straight away that he also has powers because when she's in the lab and she sees him, she's like why are you here? This is really weird, like, that he doesn't disclose this. And it's actually quite interesting because when he says to her, Francine, she says, people in here call me six. Hmm. Like, she wants to be called six. Hmm. So it's almost like that, um, well, I suppose she's been, like, dehumanised from that moment on, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well. It is. But then... They go and watch Elle do something and she says to one of the guards, tell Papa I did good or something like that. And Six says, Papa, like, why is she calling you that? So that shows that not everyone calls him Papa. It's just Elle and the fact that the other numbers are sort of confused by the Papa is is quite interesting as well. Once again, that is the moment that is subject for debate because obviously we don't see that within the show. And as far as we know, it is just Callie and Elle in the Rainbow Room. And I think obviously Suspicious Minds before, but it's very much said that it's those two. But if the others do exist, canonically, like show canon, and they're brought in, it's going to be really interesting to see that mortality we can't see with six spoilers um but <laughs> she's dead um yeah. but with say number three and 9.5 and nine who we will talk a little bit about later well in a second um it'd be interesting to see if that dynamic carries through and how mm. and if l has any recollection especially when she couldn't even really remember callie yeah, that's she doesn't seem to remember them, whereas like Callie knew her. I guess it's because Elle was littler, hmm. but it's interesting. It's also interesting that Callie doesn't remember her until she says, like, I'm Jane, but she was blonde when she was a kid. Yeah. And now she has short, dark hair. Yeah. Which is also a theory in <laughs> itself, but I think we- we'll presume... Yeah, you can have different colour hair. You can have different colour hair when you were a kid. There is, like I said, like Emily just said, there is a theory that Elle is not actually Jane, but... Hmm. For another time. That's a whole other ballpark. Yeah. So, we know two other numbers, and I think it's nice to group these two together for many other reasons. We have nine, and we have 9.5. So nine is... We will get this the right way around this time. Nine is Jamie. And 9.5 is Marcy. And if you couldn't tell, they are twins. I, Emily can attest to this, since the beginning, I have wanted twins. Mm. I have wanted, like, creepy shining twins in the lab that want to do 
what Brenna tells them to do. Hmm. This is not that case, but I'm but... very happy that we've got twins. <laughs> exactly. So what's interesting about these two is that they have very, very few memories of their yes. past. And yes. I don't think that's really explained at all compared to, say, six. I mean, obviously we know six is older, but considering she remembers, I presume, everything that is interested, these two specifically are like, I remember maybe one fact about Going to it. a toy shop as well, like not even like their parents. It's, it's literally going to a shop. Um, and Brenna, very elusively, <laughs> says that uh, their house mysteriously burnt down um and they were part of an abusive household apparently um and their house mysteriously burnt down killing their parents and everyone else in it i think that brenna knew that they were able to do things and brenna burnt the house down um like he killed Al's dad but there is also another thing that could have happened only because it ties into the next point so jamie who is number nine um, she does have powers and can control fire, which yes, does relate to into the fire, which is the next step. Um, yes. And so I guess you and essentially what happens in the comics is that she's involved in an experiment and she loses complete control and yes. burns and kills one of the lab technicians and is placed in a coma for her own safety. But really. Yes probably more likely for Brenner's safety and so you yes. yeah. so you could argue that is it going to be kind of a case of if Brenner knows they have powers has he come along and gone this is happening this is happening blah 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 she has then lost control so she's burned it down herself but actually he's the one that's done it and but as, as you said I don't think it's one of those things unless it's addressed in into the fire i don't think we're ever going to know the true yeah. story of that so the thing that's really interesting with uh francine ricky and jamie and marcy is that they are planning to escape the lab well uh jamie's not because she's in a coma but marcy says to francine i want to get out of here we need to get out of here um, and the opportune moment arrives when Terry Ives comes into the lab to try and get her daughter back. And during that time, all the focus is, is on stopping Elle getting out of the lab. Hmm. So the other three leave. Hmm. Um, they do get followed and Francine is unfortunately killed at the end of the, of the comic, which is um, sad, but she she does that to protect Ricky and Marcy. Like she actually like stands up for them and, and does that. And Ricky and Marcy end up escaping the lab and get really far away. And Jamie is left in the lab in a coma this whole time hmm. until into the fire where Ricky and Marcy have settled into a life and trying to forget what happened to them. And then Hawkins Lab makes the news because of everything that happened with the gate. And yes, I believe as yeah. well Into the Fire, I think is set in 1985, if I've yes. looked at the dates right. So that would have been 
pink starkle mall yes all of that going on so this is where canon content i guess is subject to debate because we were talking where's jamie (laughs) yeah exactly and we were talking about this the other day um as in does that suggest then that the whole time so in season two when will is entering and exiting the lab getting tested to see what's going on with him that jamie is just laying down in a bed somewhere (laughs) just chilling yeah because at that point they are i mean they're not free with where they can all go they obviously have the off-limit area but as far as i know the areas we're seeing within the lab in season two are pretty much the areas that were restricted Mm. in season one and it suggests that sam owens would know about her Hmm. so then why is he just leaving her Hmm. unless they think they can't do anything unless they literally think they can't bring her around but they do have a medical team watching over her yeah but then the the only thing is that kind of contradicts then with how they're treating Will because even at that point when they're all kind of going no we should give up you've still got um, Mm. Dr Owens that's going no we, we need to figure out what's going on here yes so that's yeah that's the sketchy part of it but everything else (laughs) apart from those little bits fits in yes so we'd mentioned earlier the obviously secret cinema also brought up the numbers so secret cinema that we took part in um it's i'm not gonna go into too many details because i don't actually think or know if we're allowed to say anything yet because we try to look on the internet and no one has said a word um yeah we we can say that it was set in season three essentially so you would follow you would follow the storyline season three that's saying everything but nothing (laughs) um (laughs) and some things did come up in season Mm -hmm. three um however in season three in secret cinema i mean loads of things came up in season three um but there is an overlap with what we know and what came up there so we were a bit reluctant to mention too much about that i also don't want secret cinema to hate us all the secrets yeah what i will say though is that the idea of something that can't be touched still wasn't touched yes so there was still no mention of a number one mm-hmm. um but there was a lot more crossovers and things that didn't work in secret cinema than there is in the comics so the comics you can play around a little bit and they do fit mm. whereas secret cinema didn't always fit I would really love, and I wish they would let us speak about it, to have a whole <laughs> podcast that was just... Because on Secret Cinema, because it was so good. Um, and I feel like we had... I mean, you're going to listen now to, like, complete indulgence of our good time. But I feel like the time we had... Um, so there were three of us that went. It was just so... I don't know how Perfect. to describe it, but... It was it, totally tubular. Yeah, yeah. They're like There were a few bits I... that we missed along the lines, but... The experience we had, I don't think, I don't think, I mean, all I will say is that we limboed. We limboed. We, we I limboed, limboed with my walking stick, which is yeah. very fun. And I don't think we would get the opportunity to limbo again. <laughs> no. <laughs> this sounds really um, weird, but I promise you, 
it's just limboing <laughs> by limbo we literally mean doing the limbo like that's not like secret that's like genuinely limbo. <laughs> i might email secret cinema and see if we're allowed to talk about it um and if we are maybe we can put together a whole secret cinema podcast yes i would um i would like very but much i would like the permission from secret cinema before doing so because i don't want them to hate me and we would like to attend another one <laughs> yes yeah, so i don't want them to tell me i can never go ever again so um yeah so possibly in the future if we're allowed secret cinema podcast but it was amazing but yes there were some ties in that as mm. well yeah. which fill in the blanks possibly for some other people mm. but number one was still completely off limits there you go no mention of number one no mention at all no so yeah. i think that pretty much wraps up we want to say that's that. our numbers that is our numbers so thank you very much what well, we said at the beginning but thank you very much again for listening to us you can catch us on youtube you can catch up with us as well on instagram twitter facebook at hawkins podcast you can i'm gonna list everything once again you can listen to us on spotify apple podcasts um google podcast stitcher tuned in and i think if you google hawkins you copy podcast we appear on like a couple of other listings yeah like general Please. podcast stuff <laughs> have a, go subscribe check us out listen stick around because we've got so many things planned for yes. the Hawkins U Copy podcast which we're very excited about next week's episode we're buzzed for absolutely buzzing mm-hmm. for next week's episode cannot wait it's going to be a little bit different slightly different dynamic um but it's when gonna i be say really, really we good. don't know what we're talking about we i honestly mean we don't know what we're talking about, talking about. <laughs> which is going to be great yeah. so yes thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. Over and out. Hawkins, do you copy?